Hey guys, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. Uh, today we've got with us Suzanne Murphy, Murphy and Emily Merrills from the KPMG Campus Recruitment Team in Dublin. Ladies, thanks very much for joining. Thanks for having us, Mark. So we're going to cover off a couple of things today. We're going to talk about uh, the KPMG internship, what it's like and how you get it. Uh, grad program, what it's like and how you get it. And then just some of the key traits that KPMG would look for in candidates for both of these programs. Uh, how you can get in, how you can prepare for getting in, interviews, all that sort of stuff. And then we're going to talk to the girls about their journeys as well. Uh, Suzanne was once a medical administrator in New York City a couple of years ago. And Emily didn't study business or anything like it. She studied sociology and psychology and wound up in uh, HR in the business world. So both really interesting journeys. And I think there's a lot to, uh, to learn from them. So if we start off then, uh, Emily, do you want to tell us a bit about this internship process? How can people apply? When do they apply? Where did they apply, et cetera? Yeah, so um, I suppose our internship um, program has been running for a number of years now, and it's something we're pretty proud of, take a lot of pride in it. And it's a really, really um, important program that we run at KPMG. So um, we're Grad Ireland um, winner of the best internship 2018 and we've come in the top three places uh, last or this year and last year as well so it's something that we definitely strive to make as best we can as possible and ensure that the students who join us have the best experience that they can so in terms of the students that join us um, in the most part it would be students in their penultimate year of study so their second last year of study and um, some of our offices take students from other years so some some groups in our Cork um, and Belfast offices as well um, and we typically hire for our internship program um, from December time each year and applications then close up uh, around the end of January or the start of February each year as well. Um, so in a typical year, you'll see us roaming around the campus, kind of giving as much information as possible. This year, we anticipate that'll be slightly different. I think everything will be pretty much virtual. Um, but in terms of the different roles that you can um, intern in in KPMG, they'd be uh, our audit practice, our deal advisory practice, consulting, um, and our tax practice and legal services as well. Um, for anyone who, who wants to go down the solicitor route, um, legal is, is a great way to go. Um, and for any students that are studying to complete or, or want to study to complete their chartered accounting exams, um, audit, tax, our risk consulting, or regulatory consulting um, practices, and our deal advisory practices would be the ones to uh, dip their toe in for internship. Our management consulting group would be for any students who don't particularly want to go down the ACA chartered accounting exam route um, and maybe have an interest in STEM or a background in STEM as well. Um, in terms of how you get an internship, um, you make an online application. It's very easy. It's on our website. It opens up in December um, and you just make an application. It takes about 15 minutes and you'll be told um, whether you're successful for an interview. Um, so the interview itself is either with a member of uh, campus recruitment or with uh, a member of management from one of our, our practices. Um, and it's 30 minutes long. It's one to one and complex competency-based and usually candidates find out quite quickly if they're successful for the role as well. Um, 
In relation to the programme itself, I mentioned it's, it's award-winning. We do take a lot of pride in it, for sure. And there's lots of different aspects of the programme that's really beneficial um, for students. Um, I suppose, first and foremost, it gives you an opportunity to figure out if the area that you're interning in is something that you'd like to pursue longer term. Um, so that's really great before you start uh, making graduate program applications or start uh, thinking about what you want to do longer term. It's great to kind of dip your toe in and see um, whether something suits you. Um, I suppose in terms of the program itself, we put a lot of emphasis on the students who intern with us um, and giving them real responsibility and the opportunity to, to do real work that matters. I think that's really important. Um, I suppose if you're just doing the filing or getting the coffee and stuff, you'll never find out if the area you're interning in is for you. And um, so it's one of the things that we're, we're very focused on giving to the, our interns that join us. Um, the other aspect is training. So all of our interns would join um, onto our um, training program, our Aspire and Ignite program. Um, and that's a holistic development program, covers off technical skills, more soft skills like team building, you know, one-to-one -one coaching, even nutrition and well-being as well. So it, it's really nice to have that, gives you all the tools that you need um, to do the work on your internship as well. Yeah, there, there's a ton of, I've, I've seen firsthand, there's so much investment that goes into it. Um, even like speakers coming in and all of that coaching, as you say, all this sort of stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. What if someone goes into, say, uh, I don't know, the consulting arm and just doesn't <laughs> like consulting but likes KPMG? How do they work around that problem? Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's two ways that you can work around it. Um, some uh, business areas um, will, you know, meet with the students in, in that area that they'd like to join um, after their internship and, and see if they're there's a good fit there. Um, some students might go through Milkrain then, which is, if anyone's not familiar, the big four um, uh, interview process that happens each November time. And they might do that for areas that are quite specialized or, or small. So there's definitely scope to secure something there, I suppose. In, in a general sense, about 80% of our interns who join us each year are offered a graduate program contract. So whether it's in the area that they've interned in or whether it's outside of that area and they, they might have to do some meetings with partners or join us for interview, there is a really great chance of securing a graduate program role at the end of their time with us. Nice, okay. And I didn't know that um, that it was actually like when I was coming through, I didn't know that it was a path for uh, lawyers to go through and, and do their experience there. So it's not just law firms you can get a good internship in. You can actually go into KPMG and, and get full legal experience. Yeah, exactly. And they would go on and they would do their, their law exams as well. Um, so yeah, it's not just, it's not just um, you know, accounting and the accounting route. There, there are different roles that you can um, you know, pursue in KPMG that is outside of that scope. So um, management consulting as well would be another one where um, you, know, you generally wouldn't complete your chartered accounting exams. And you know, the projects you might be focusing on would be around AI or um, cybersecurity or data analytics. So um, I think when people typically think of KPMG, they think of accounting, but it's not necessarily just that that route. It is a lot of students who, who would join us would go down that route and some, some don't. Um, 
And yeah, I'd always recommend for people to, to do their research before they make applications and figure out what route might suit them for internship. Yeah, it's great for people who don't want to do accounting. The consulting path has always been pretty interesting for me. Like people would be, even under internships, going out on client site uh, and seeing what goes on in different businesses. And it's just, it's a, it's a real life, like 3D business education, essentially. Uh, you can learn so much from what people are doing in, in different jobs and different industries, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it can, be, uh, it can be pretty cool. So when did you say people can apply for that? It's usually, I'm guessing, penultimate students. So if you're doing three-year commerce, you'd go for this between second and third year. Is that the most regular? Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that would be it. So if it would be um, second year of a three-year course or third year of a four-year course, that would be in the most part. But we would always say some people are wondering, oh, should I even apply? I'm in first year, second year. Um, and I would always just say, make an application. You've absolutely nothing to lose. And some of our um, business practices in certain offices, they take students from all years. Um, so definitely, if you're interested in KPMG, you can make an application, um, you know, whether you're in penultimate year or not. And, and if you don't get through for any reason, you can just apply the following year. Yeah, okay. One common, uh, I don't know, problem among students or mental block for them is that they don't think their CV has anything on it. They don't, like, they're kind of, I don't even have my final grades yet. I haven't worked before. What sort of stuff can they put on their CV or how can they position themselves to get these internships when they don't have work experience or anything like it? Yeah, so I think that's one thing that um, people don't realize when they're at college level that they actually have a lot of relevant um, skills and experience. Um, you know, they kind of think to themselves, oh, I've never worked in professional services. I've never worked in an office. You know, I, I can't apply for this. And it's totally not the case at all. There's so many amazing transferable skills that you can gain from, you know, a weekend job. But even if it's not a weekend job, from being part of one of the societies in college, from doing charitable activities. So, all those different things, um, you know, really, really make an impact and stand out on, on a CV. And believe it or not, um, most students at, at college level um, don't have professional services or office work on their CV. So um, I would just say to students to highlight different things, a variety of, of, of projects and extracurriculars that they've got involved in um, and to highlight the skills that they've developed, whether it's team working, um, organizational skills, whatever it might be, because it's all relevant um, to, to an internship at KPMG. And then during the interview, it's really your time to shine and, and to highlight those, those skills in the interview itself as well. Interesting, okay. Um, so we're talking about like the, the things you mentioned, teamwork, uh, maybe presentations. I've used Google Slides or Microsoft, what's it called? Yeah, Microsoft Slides, I, all Google these days. Um, I use uh, Microsoft Excel. I can do these functions on it. Do you go down that granular on it, do you think? I, not even that granular. I think it's more um, competencies, you know, things like um, resilience, um, 
the ability to work independently, these kind of things, these sort of competencies um, that you have and that you develop through different experiences, they're, they're really important, especially when you're, you're looking at a lot of different companies that are starting to work even more remotely. So I suppose those sort of competencies, they're, they're really key. So Excel skills, for example, it's super if you have it and if you've done a course, that's amazing, that's brilliant. But when you start in KPMG as an intern, you get pretty thorough training in Excel. Um, so it's not something that you actually need, but it's more about your character as a person and um, your your motivation, I suppose, to pursue a longer term career um, in KPMG and, and whatever area that you're applying to, that's really the key thing. Yeah, I, I remember uh, on an internship, being an extrovert, I think, helped a lot uh, for just going up and chatting to, I don't know, partners or directors or people in different teams and just learning about different things. Uh, and it made you very kind of memorable. Is that still the case? Or, you know, how does an introvert essentially play the game uh, within a large uh, internship cohort like KPMG? Um, I think that the, I mean, yeah, you have all different types of personalities, but I definitely might one piece of advice and um, students often ask an interview, you know, what, um, what students, what type of students get on best at KPMG. Um, and it's really the people that get involved um, and get involved as much as possible. So whether it's putting your hand up for, you know, a, an extra piece of work to get some experience in that or to join an extra project or a different project um, in your department or whether it's getting involved in our social committee to organize events, uh, albeit they're now virtual, um, for, for our students or getting involved in some of our corporate citizenship activities, you know, just having that mindset that you're going to make the most out of your internship, you're going to, you know, really get stuck in. Um, that's the way you meet most people and get the most experiences and, and kind of get your name out there. So kind of my advice to students is if they're joining on an internship, whether they're loud or quiet or whatever they might be, just to make that decision early to get involved in as much as possible and just put yourself out there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's definitely in line uh, with what I would want. The, um, the other big concern that students have then going into final year is not having a job nailed down. Now, I remember one of the main uh, kind of benefits of this was that it, it can it doesn't guarantee you a job but it gives you a very good chance of locking down a job if you just perform well and as you say uh, get involved throughout the internship is that like is that you guys are going for that and you can you often do you give contracts at the end of the summer just pending at, at, at two one or a certain grade level yeah so we yeah we give contracts out at the end of the summer so you you finish up say your internship with us or some students join us on a longer term internship which is part of their degree it's academically accredited it's called the work placement um and kind of by the end of summer start of september um you know if you've gone on well and you like uh working with us and and you know you feel it's a good fit and we feel you're a great fit um yeah you get a contract so it, it you know it's it's kind of for the year ahead um and if you're in one of the departments that follows the chartered accounting route in the longer term um, you have the option of joining us direct straight after finishing up in college or to complete a sponsored master's in accounting with us which we offer sponsorship for so um, you, you kind of have your plan set in stone quite early um, and that's that's I'd imagine a big 
for students um, because I know what it feels like. I think I finished up my master's um, in 2012 and uh, we weren't quite out of the recession at that time. And I mean, I was looking up internships in human resources and there was like one job uh, being advertised at the time. So it's really, really stressful. Um, so it's nice, I suppose, if you do an internship to see whether you like it, see whether it's a fit for you. And then at the end, you have a really great chance of, of getting a contract um, and signing that and, and having your, your final year set without having to worry about, um, you know, going for interviews and everything like that. You can just focus on your exams. Yeah, it's a huge weight off the shoulders. Uh, both going into the final year is important, but then, uh, you know, as you say, like potentially going into a recession here with COVID, to have that level of security is, uh, is worth a lot. Like, it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks a million, Emily. That's really interesting. I guess now is probably a good point to segue into the, uh, into the grad program itself. So people have got their contract and then they uh, go do final year, get their exams, and then swing back around, and they're back in the door uh, Suzanne, in September next year, is it? Yes, so um, so we'll have obviously the 2020 cohort coming in now in November this year. So um, I think we have about 400 people coming in this year. So it's exciting and a bit of a change, I suppose, this year, obviously, because it's, um, you know, starting off virtual and things like that. So we're, I suppose, it's a bit unknown where we'll end up, but initially, anyway, it will be a virtual experience. But um, Emily's kind of briefly talked about the business school there. So they've adapted very, very quickly to, to COVID and we've, you know, put everything online in terms of training and things like that. So, um, and they've obviously have all the social kind of things put online as well, which is great. So it's uh, definitely going to be a change, but um, exciting time as well. But in those people say from this summer that have been offered, um, they will come in in the 2021 graduate program. Yeah, okay. It's hard for them because like 400 people coming in, like that's 400 new friends, like the crack people have on these programs. And it can be hard then with COVID that they can't meet each other in the flesh and stuff. I'm sure there's loads of events going on uh, online, etc. Uh, yeah, and it definitely is because uh, I always say that first week, you know, they always kind of maybe go for drinks and things like that. And you sort of make your, you know, you're coming in on a three and a half year grad program and you sort of make your, your friends that first week. It's essentially like almost who you sit with in, in training. It's a bit like college, you know, essentially. But um, so that that's definitely tough coming in, I think, this year. But like that, you know, there's a lot lined up online uh, for them um, in terms of kind of bonding and having a bit of crack online as much as you can, um, I suppose. So I, I think they've built out some good programs there. So hopefully it will go off according to plan. Nice. You say something interesting there that I've heard before, that it is like almost an extended version of college because you've got a huge bunch of friends around you there's so much empathy in that so many people are going through the same transition you are um and as you said like yeah it's it's, it's really good fun and, and very social and there's also a program so you enter commerce in UCD and you're on a three-year program and you've exam you know when you have exams everyone's same thing same with uh this grad program you, you're going through the same trainings you're going through the same exam uh, same three and a half years all that sort of stuff it, yeah. Does it feel like college for these people in, or to what extent does it? I think it does. Um, you know, just talking to some of them, like, um, I think that first week in particular is, it, it, it's definitely daunting. I mean, coming into a big firm like that, you don't know what to expect. You know, your first, if you haven't, say, done an internship or a work placement, you don't know what to expect. 
But I think that first week relaxes you because it is an extension of college, essentially. You are training. I mean, albeit you have a tough three years ahead with some exams, but same as college, essentially. So, um, and, and, you know, there's lots of nights out in a normal world, say, but there's lots of events you can take part in. Um, you know, this time you're, you're making money, uh, which is always good as well. Um, you know, and yeah, and, there, and like even your interest. So if you're interested in corporate citizenship, for example, there's hundreds of different initiatives that you can get involved in there as well. Um, and again, when you're going through the kind of the studying for the exams and everything, you know, everyone shares notes and you do have that kind of support from everyone. Um, I suppose like, you know, there's times there where you're, you're kind of dealing with complexity and a number of things over the years and stuff. But I mean, you always have someone to kind of support you through it as well. Um, our business school as well is like award-winning. We won with Grad Ireland this year actually for um, best training and development. And they really do put an awful lot of work into the training to make sure that you do get through the exams because they, they, they're tough. But I think they do their best to kind of, you know, encourage you. And, and we do give a lot of study leave as well. So if, if I guess if people are finding that, that kind of daunting going through these three years, you know, know that you do get a lot of that support as well from them. And they put on, for example, if you feel like, you know, you're falling behind in a subject, you know, the business school will bring on more extra lectures online and things like that for it to help. So there's definitely that support. And at the end of the day, you know, it's our goal for you to get through the exams and things like that as well. So we'll do everything in our power to, to help, I guess. Yeah, I've heard. So we talked to uh, Ashley Byrne there last week and we talked about the idea of time management and what an important skill that is just in life, let alone your career, and how doing these exams at the same time as working full-time teaches you that so well. It absolutely does, yeah. Um, now, you do, like, so Charter of Accountants Ireland recommend um, a number of weeks for study leave, and we actually give over that um, for the exams, and I think it's, it's definitely required. Um, but I think from when you come in the door, you just learn about time management so much more. Even myself, um, I've done, I think last year I did a course on time management. And like, you know, I feel like, you know, my whole workload has been transformed almost. And it's just even simple things like diary management and, you know, putting out this time is going to be spent on this um, and this time is going to be spent on that. And naturally, when you're working, things will drag you in different directions and stuff like that so I think that's really necessary and really key when you're when you're both studying and working at the same time but yeah. I think those traits that you will definitely learn along the way and you'll always always improve on those as well and build on them yeah it's, it's honestly huge it's, it's a big uh, passion of mine at the moment as well is trying to improve at it um when we talk about the exams and, and, and this program people some people get put up they think I've already done uh, what is it, 18 years or something of, of the education program, I'm finished with it, I don't want to sit another exam. Uh, and they don't really know what they want to do. And I'm guessing you get a lot of grads who go in there and they're not sure they want to be accountants for life, but they just kind of do these exams because it's good to have something under the belt. Uh, what would you say to that group of people and to the group of people who will like the idea of going down this path but just don't want to do exams again? Yeah, well, I mean, like exams, I suppose, are not for everyone and you might feel like you're, you're done with that. So in that case, then I'd be encouraging you down more um, like a consultancy route 
particularly like saying KPMG in our management consulting department, you don't have to do exams there. But if you wanted to do a particular course or something like that, then we provide financial support to do so. And um, so, for example, a lot of people would do a project management kind of course um, there and, and we'd cover kind of the funding of that. But again, you know, I think it might be this image of being an accountant, you know, with a calculator and, and that's what you're working towards. But, you know, all the, the, the leaders in, in Ireland have that ACA qualification in the background. You know, it's, it's something that you, you can go into absolutely anything with it. I guess it's, you're not going, you don't have to be an accountant, I guess, at the end of that. But I mean, it's definitely a worldwide recognized qualification to have, I guess. So yeah. I guess to weigh up, pros and cons about it and see if that is something you want to pursue another big pro of it is that i think corporate boards in ireland have traditionally really favored uh, qualified accountants so if you wanted to lead companies or be on the boards of them it tends to help you quite a lot about it. it does yeah for sure yeah one concern i've heard employers talk about uh, with graduates these days because they're so technologically native uh, they sometimes lack the soft skills. Is that something you guys see? And or is, is that a kind of focus of you now at the moment to uh, address that? Or is, is that just, is that maybe speaking to a different industry? Maybe speaking to a different industry. I think all those um, soft skills are assessed during interview um, at the time. So you're almost, you know, I guess we're, we're not a company that has a product that sells a product. We're, you know, we're the product essentially. So you have to have people that can work with others and, and things like that. So I think um, having, you know, people skills and things like that is really assessed during an interview more so than your technical ability as such, especially kind of at an intern or work placement or grad level, essentially. Yeah, and just the key things you're looking for, and, and I guess maybe expand beyond them. Like, what are the key things if people are looking to get into a grad program here? What do they need to demonstrate? Um, so, well, for me, I would say good team working skills is an absolute must. Um, I think now, um, working independently would be something I would say that will come up big in interviews this year. Um, obviously, because the world we're living in now and people working from home and that. But I think there's a real advantage there as well for students because obviously they've been studying the last few months and, you know, back to college now and, and they're sort of are doing their, their lectures online and things. So I would be definitely bringing examples like that into your interview of when, you know, you had to study sort of and not had your friends around you and not you know all headed to the library together so things like that i think will be definitely assessed this year more in the interview process um, how can people prepare to... for that yeah that's a good question um well you're still obviously going to it's going to be primarily a competency-based interview i guess so i mean there's definitely going to be a question around how do you work um, and we've all had challenges this year. I would be um, saying things like, well, I, I had my diary management done and this is how long I spent on here. And then, for example, if I had a sport in the afternoon, I was out for that. So I think it'll be showing your time management skills there as well and showing how you dealt with kind of background kind of, uh, I guess, distractions and things like that. Yeah, that's going to be so important. Uh, it's crazy to think about. Um, nice. And so, um, 
regarding applying for the grad program then are there dates or anything that people need to bear in mind or that are key yeah yeah so basically all our roles are open now um so our management consulting will close on sunday the 11th of october so that's coming up pretty soon and then all the other um departments will close on the 14th of october so the application process essentially is an application form very similar to the summer internship process um so you have the option of uploading a cv as well if you wish it's uh, not compulsory or anything but you, you can do so um and then i would would suggest the application form would probably take about 30 minutes um, in terms of the application form it kind of asks you for you know your exam results um, it also asks you about your your uh, third level qualifications and then it also asks you about work experience and finally then some questions around career motivation and um, so that's kind of boring but I think if you are spending a bit of time i think 30 minutes is the absolute minimum on it um, and i would say because we get you know i suppose for an employer the application is the first thing you see in regards to these candidates so i guess things like you know spelling errors and things like that really have to be checked i always advise just getting someone else to look at it because sometimes when you're looking at something for so long you miss simple mistakes so i always think it's always better to get a, a second review of it from someone else um but then also i think emily kind of touched on this earlier um not a lot of people write down their work experience on the application form and this is probably they might feel is not relevant so um someone maybe if you have a job in a coffee shop you might feel that's relevant to an accountancy firm or things like that but all work experience is relevant whatever whatever role it is so for example, if you are working in a coffee shop, you have things like communication skills, you have team working skills, all of those attributes that what we would find important. So I would definitely write down any work experience you have. Um, and then in terms of the career kind of motivation questions, um, so I always think here it's really good if you've done a little bit of research. So it's it's very easy to say I want to work for KPMG because it's one of the big four, for example. But um, if you have said, for example, I want to work in tax in KPMG because tax is the largest, it's the largest tax practice in Ireland, um, and this was their revenue, and I'm really interested to get that work with clients. You know that shows just a little bit more research in that front. So I always think that sticks out to a recruiter, especially when you're kind of going through hundreds of applications um, so I think that would be maybe some things to note I guess for completing an application form. Nice they're great things to know and yeah just as you mentioned like that we're say working in a cafe or whatever you might think they're not this isn't practically relevant but it shows so much about your attitude to these sorts of things and I think that's a key thing that sticks out to people as well. Um, sure, yeah. So one thing I find interesting is that both of you didn't really start off in traditional sort of like HR or, or businessy type roles. I think Suzanne, you came from uh, recruitment, but at one point you were working as a medical administrator in New York. Were you going to go down that medical path at one point? Not at all. Um, so I was finished college and I really wanted to go to New York. Um, so on the graduate visa. Um, so obviously, 
my young self didn't probably realize, you know, how hard it is to get a job um, in New York when you go over and you only have a year visa. So, um, so I kind of went around trying to find anything that would, would cover me, but I ended up working there and actually it was probably one of the most testing jobs I've had, believe it or not. Um, so I worked there for, I think about a year or so. Um, and it was kind of in a multiple sclerosis research lab. So I was there as an administrator um, and I yeah, obviously wanted to just go traveling straight after college, but um, with the grad visa, you obviously have to work with it as well. So it was perfect. It kind of, uh, I guess, gave me what I needed, gave me my fix of travel as well um, and things like that. And then returned home to Ireland then and went working in recruitment as soon as I came home. Um, and then I was realized that very quickly that I loved working with sort of young talent and, and that kind of um, campus recruitment role. So I'm in KPMG now three, three and a half years or so. So, yeah, it's great and love this sort of, uh, you know, it's a really exciting kind of side of recruitment as well. And lots of in other years anyway, we have lots of, you know, initiatives on campus. So you get to go out and meet all the students and things, which is probably one of my favorite aspects of the role. But obviously this year now it's a bit more virtual and kind of, you know, hosting a lot more virtual events. And obviously all the college career fairs are all online this year as well. But, you know, so we're, we're still getting to chat to students anyway, which is the most important thing. So, yeah. That's, that's amazing. It. Yeah, it's interesting to... Um, see how people kind of react and adapt and, and, and keep trucking basically in creative ways. Uh, but that New York thing is really cool. And then Emily, you were, you studied sociology and psychology. Yeah, so I had a, a kind of funny path to where I am. Um, I was, I always admire those students that I meet at interview who know what they want to do and where they want to go and who they want to be because I definitely was not like that when I was um, in college. So um, I kind of didn't really know where to start or what I wanted to do. I, I did know when I came out of Leaving Cert that I adored English. And I actually, believe it or not, started off in TUD doing journalism. Um, and I did that for a year. And I quite quickly realized that that was nothing like English that I'd done at Leaving Cert level. And it was a great college, but it just it wasn't for me as a career. Um, so I, I completed out the year and I said to myself, okay, I love English, I'm going to pursue that. So I went to UCD and did arts with the intention of majoring in English and maybe do teaching down the line. Um, and then when I got in there, I had to pick three subjects. So I chose sociology and psychology because I always find them quite interesting. Um, when I was in there, I realized I actually loved sociology and psychology more than I loved English. So I ended up keeping those two subjects and dropping um, English and kind of continuing on through there. And it was just incredibly interesting. I absolutely adored psychology, but I was kind of one of those students that I was, I wasn't very career focused. I just knew what I liked and I was going to get my degree and, and that was it. So I was coming up to the end of my undergrad and I just didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what kind of path to, to take. And I bumped into a, a friend of a friend who was a real together guy. He, he had done commerce in UCD and he had just come out of, a, um, he was coming out of a master's in Smurfit, I think in management. Um, and he had a consulting job lined up in a really major firm and he, you know I was chatting to him saying oh I don't know what to do these are things I'm interested in and he actually suggested to me the masters in Smurfit for human resource management and that's kind of how I fell into it and 
when I started there, I just absolutely adored it. It was an incredible experience. I gained so much from it. Um, and it came out, as I think I mentioned, in 2012. So it was kind of recession time and I sort of fell into recruitment, I suppose. Um, and then I've been working in recruitment ever since. Um, but I, I absolutely adore early careers uh, recruitment. It, it's incredibly rewarding and, um, you know, something that I'm pretty passionate about. So it worked out well in the end, but I had a funny start. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always cool hearing how people end up where they are um, and even cooler hearing people happy where they are as well, which, uh, which isn't always the case. So it's great. Um, before we go, a couple of quick fires where I'm going to uh, catch both of you completely off guard with, uh, with some of these questions. So uh, the, the four kind of categories are something you wish you did in college, uh, a quote to live by, a book that you would recommend or any resource that you would recommend. These days, probably documentaries are taken over and any bit of advice that you have been given that you would pass on or just that you would pass on to, uh, to students and young professionals anyway. Uh, I would probably go A, B, A, B. So Emily, do you have something you wish you did in college? Um, I definitely wish I got more involved in college. I kind of just went in for my lectures and, and did my bit and you know did lots of study, but I wasn't very active in societies and stuff. And I think you can make really great connections and stuff for life by getting involved in, in campus life. So um, I think that's one thing I do regret is, is not doing that and getting more involved in different things that were happening around, not just my studies. Yeah, I'm the same. Suzanne? Yeah, I feel like Emily's going to take all my examples now, but um, yeah, that'd be definitely something is getting more involved maybe in societies and things like that. Um, I had the same friends group out throughout college as well. So um, looking back, obviously we're still great friends, but I probably didn't go outside of that group um, in terms of, you know, branching off or anything. So that'd be something to, to, to look back on maybe. Um, another thing as well, um, I think I was pretty set on going on the grad visa straight after college. So I think in final year, I was a bit more relaxed on things like looking at grad programs and not maybe going to enough. Maybe there was a lot of companies in talking about different grad programs and things like that. So that's definitely something that I kind of regret maybe not signing up to at the time and just hearing what was on the market because my, my headspace was just set on going traveling. So I think it was going back. I'd probably just be a bit more open-minded, I guess, to what's out there and what opportunities there are. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Emily, is there a book or a resource you would recommend? Yeah. So it's, it's a book and it's, it's, um, it's a bit of a classic. It's a, it's more business focused. Um, it's seven habits of highly effective people. Um, and I just think it's a really great book to read regardless of whether you're a student or whether you're you kind of of working, um, age, it, especially in a time where your uh, routine is totally out of whack working from home and um, you know it's really hard to focus it, it's it's a book that basically goes through how you develop your character um, by certain guiding principles um, and then you take on particular habits seven of those habits um, to sort of live by um, so I think it, it's really great if you want to kind of um, develop certain things like perseverance or can-do attitude and stuff um you know it's a really great resource to read i definitely recommend it 
Nice one. I'm actually reading it next week. <laughs> oh, well, you really enjoy it. <laughs> I can guarantee I, I read it in college or just after college, but I need it again. Like, it's that good a book that you go back to it. Um, yeah, it's a And that guy, Stephen Covey, who wrote it, I think, is also credited with creating the term emotional intelligence. So, oh, um, interesting. And sorry, get caught up in it. But um, yeah, amazing book. Uh, Suzanne? Yeah, I probably feel you've read this book now as well, Mark, but um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, yeah. yeah, have you read it? Yeah, great book. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, I've read it a good few years ago now, but I think it's something that's really stuck because it's almost like common sense in, um, but at the same time, it's maybe things that you don't do. So I think it talks like a lot about sort of understanding other people's behavior um, and then you know maybe sort of kind of changing their behavior because you've changed yours and maybe just understanding them making yourself like more likable person and improving relationships so I think it was kind of it touches on a lot of things if you're kind of going to be you know dealing with people in any in any role you'll have or you know I guess anything you're dealing with people so it's I guess understanding people a bit more um, and things like it encourages you to be kind of a good listener and smiling and obviously when someone else is talking being genuinely interested in what they're saying and things like that so ultimately just building relationships and and influencing people i guess to to what you want so yeah one key thing i got from that book was if ever you're feeling like socially awkward and sometimes i do just ask someone about them and they'll start talking about them and they'll they'll think it's great <laughs> you know yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, so that's been a lifesaver on that on certain occasions um any advice that you would pass on to grads emily any advice that I would pass on to grads? I think do your research. Um, I, it's something I've definitely learned that I didn't do when I was a grad. Do your research into what career that you want to pursue because I don't think you think about it when you're younger, but you know, you're starting off in something maybe when you're in your early 20s and you know, 50 years later, you might still be working in that area um, at 9 to 5.30. So I think it's a bigger decision than you anticipate. So do your research, get involved in internships, dip your toe in, see whether you like it, and just be prepared to make an informed decision of what path you want to start down. And that, that would be my advice. Nice. Suzanne? Um, yeah, I suppose my advice, I guess, would be maybe not to be too influenced by others um, I think we're definitely living in a world now where everything is in your face on Instagram and Facebook and, and things like that so I think you have to do what's right for you um, in terms of jobs and in terms of life in general um, and, and things like that so I suppose that would be kind of advice that was given to me a long time ago so I kind of stick with that. Yeah I'd be pretty huge on that. And then uh, before we go, a quote to live by from each of you. Um, for me, um, it's definitely something that is a quote in my family. And I think it's very true that if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think uh, it's, it's a pretty important one. So key, key advice there. Nice. Um, I suppose 
Um, well, something I think about, I guess, is that your mind is a powerful thing. And when you fill it with positive thoughts, your, your life will start to change. So a bit around positivity and, and things like that would be sort of quotes I kind of like and enjoy and live by. So Couldn't agree more. Emily and Sudan, thank you so much for joining us. That was brilliant. Great. Thanks, Mark.